everywhere. This is for you. It's Wednesday, October 10th, 2018. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorn, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. And Chet, welcome back uh, from your trip to Nashville. We'll talk a little bit about that. But tonight, I think we, we speak with some uh, heavy hearts to what's happened up there in the Panhandle of Florida. Those people have been absolutely devastated today. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Uh, I know you're not quite in that area, but I you know, hope you and your family are doing all right. We are. We're doing okay. But I tell you, I was out at uh, one of our job sites today, and, you know, we have guys that, that come from everywhere to work for us. And uh, a guy and his wife, uh, maybe early 30s or so, uh, live right up there in Port St. Joe where that storm was hitting right at the time we were talking. And uh, when I left, they were both standing there crying together. It's a sad thing. Mm. Yeah, it's another big one, unfortunately. Yeah, so uh, – you know, sometimes life gets in the way of Philly sports, and uh, Philly sports is our escape from that. So we're going to do that. We're going to talk all things Philly sports tonight. But before we get to that, tell us about that trip to Nashville. Well, I mean, other than the outcome of the Titans-Eagles game that I went to, as you know, the trip was fantastic. You saw the pictures. You heard uh, some of my uh, stuff. Great town, Nashville. And it was pretty cool to see so many Eagles fans down there for that entire weekend and into the following week. And I stayed there till I guess, Wednesday afternoon. A lot of people in Wentz jerseys and uh, Jordan Matthews even, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, the throwback jerseys too, like Dawkins, of course. A lot of those walking around Nashville, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and, they, you know, those Eagles fans are traveling uh, well, actually, probably traveling a little better than the ball club is right now, but we'll get to that a little later. <laughs> hey, let's thank Carl Henderson for co-hosting with me last week, Chet. Uh, great job by the Big C. We certainly appreciate him joining us. And uh, as you talk about the Eagles, they've lost two in a row. The Flyers have lost two in a row. But the good news is it's still early October. Yeah, it is. The fact that it's early October is the good news for the Flyers. But, you know, for the Eagles, the season's about a third over now, and there's got to be a lot of concern about a defending Super Bowl champion team that's sitting at 2-3, and three, matching their total losses for all of last season, regular season and playoffs. That's got to be a concern. Well, in the second half of the show, we're going to have uh, Arkansas Fred Barnett join us. He'll, he'll break that all down with us. And, uh, you know, I think – we, we circled our schedules early on. I don't think anybody thought we were only going to lose three games. So uh, I think you would have circled the, the Nashville game, uh, probably the Vikings, maybe the Vikings game, maybe only the Tampa Bay game because it was on the road. So I, I'm not too awful surprised. It's uh, kind of the way things are going that is more surprising. Yeah, we're going to talk more about that in depth later on, but I'm I'm a little worried, to be honest, but we'll get to that later. All right. Well, hey, let's talk some Flyers. Uh, you know, on last week's show, both Carl and I were talking about how excited we were about the start of Flyers hockey season, but it hasn't started well. That blowout last night was about as bad as it gets. I mean, shouldn't the team be excited about and prepared for a home opener? I mean, you would think so, but they got crushed. I think it was the most goals they ever gave up in a home opener in their entire existence, and it was not pretty. Uh, I turned it on right when I got home and just in time to see the fourth goal, and, you know, there were still like five minutes left in the first period. It was ugly. Yeah, yeah, it was. And uh, 
I watched it from the start. I was pretty excited about watching it. And uh, by the time the first period was over, uh, we were watching The Voice here in my house. And uh, I did put it on after The Voice and watched them give up another four. It, it was just <laughs> brutal. And not, not often the home team gets booed off the ice after the first period of opening night. And uh, as you said, Flyers trail 4 nothing after one. Yeah, and I did watch the rest of that first period, and then I heard the boos at the end of the period, and then I took your advice and I switched over to The Voice. Much better choice, and you know what? No one got booed on The Voice. <laughs> That's right, because they were better than the Flyers. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. Well, yesterday, before that debacle, you had a chance to sit down with Philly.com Flyers beat writer Sam Carcitti to talk 2018-2019 Flyers. How did that go? Well, it went well, but we have to give you that important disclaimer. I did so during the interview also, but the interview took place two hours before they dropped the puck for the home opener. So keep that in mind when you hear Sam saying things about this team having a potentially pretty good defensive core. Like I said, it was before they played that awful home opener. So you'll, you'll hear it all. Here is my chat with Sam. Making a return visit to Philly Press Box Radio, the terrific Flyers beat writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer and Philly.com, Sam Carcitti. Welcome back, Sam. Thanks, Chet. Appreciate it. All right, full disclosure to our listeners, because Sam will be busy traveling going north of the border on Wednesday. We're taping this interview on Tuesday, just ahead of the Flyers' home opener. A home opener at which fans are unfortunately not seeing James Van Riemsdyk back in orange and black. A leg injury suffered Saturday night in Colorado will keep JVR out at least a month. Sam, how big a blow is that to the Flyers? Yeah, it's a big blow, Chet, no question about it. I mean, not only does he give them help give them three dynamic lines, I think this is the best offensive flyers have had in probably at least a decade. But he also balances out the power play. Their second power play unit, as you know, was not very good at all last year, and I think he was really going to help that second unit. The hope is that he'll be back in five weeks, and it gives uh, Jordan Wheel an opportunity. And, and Wheel is kind of uh, an enigma. He looked really good two years ago. Uh, they brought him up for a cup of coffee. He had eight goals in his last 19 games, and it looked like his career was, was really going to go forward. And uh, he's a guy who played really well and dominated in the American Hockey League. Uh, but then last year he took a step backwards, uh, only scored eight goals all year. Just never really got into a rhythm. And uh, the previous year, he just looked like he had a finisher's mentality. He was always around the puck, around the goal, and, and just seemed to have a knack. He, he lost that last year, lost his confidence. So he's going to step in for Van Reems. Like He's a natural center, but he'll play left wing. So it's a chance for him to step up, and they really need you know a lot of production from him because, you know, as you mentioned, Van Reems like out till probably mid-November. It's not disastrous. It, it, it's not like he's out for the full season. But it's going to take Van Riemsdyk a while to get back into the swing of things once he comes back. So definitely a big blow for the Flyers because you thought they could get off to a good start and build some momentum early in the season. Now last year, both Claude Giroux and Sean Couturier had maybe career years. Can they be expected to repeat those kind of seasons? Well, it's going to be tough to, uh, for Giroux especially. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, almost impossible to have a 100-point season, as you know, in the NHL. And he had 102 last year. But, you know, I think he'll have... I think he'll take a little bit of a step back, but I think he'll be a point-per-game guy at least. And Couturier, uh, you know, it, it, I don't think it's impossible for him to repeat what he did uh, with 76 points. And, yeah, you know, I think he's headed for a real solid year. They, they had Travis Konechny on that line for the first two games, and now they've switched back to Jake Voracek, who, of course, was on that line for uh, a good part of last year, uh, mostly in the first half of last year. So 
It'll be interesting to see how those three play together. Konechny now goes back on the young second line with uh, Nolan Patrick and uh, Oscar Lindblom. Uh, those guys are 20, 21, and 22. So, you know, a lot of promise, a lot of young guys. Good mixture, I think, on this team with young guys and some veterans like Couturier and like Claude Giroux and Simmons, of course, and uh, you can go on and on. Good to have Simmons back healthy. And you mentioned Oscar Lindblom. He had a real good preseason. He scored a goal last week out west. How big an upside does Oscar have? I think he's got a real good upside, and, and they're going to try him now with uh, Van Riemsdyk out. They're going to try Oscar on the second power play unit. And, you know, I think he's a potential 20-goal scorer. Whether that's going to happen this year or not remains to be seen. But uh, you got to like the uh, the Flyers. There's always been a lot of talk in recent years about their defensive prospects. But I think that they're starting to show they have some real good offensive prospects that are just coming up. Another guy we should mention is uh, Misha Vorobiov, who is uh, who made the team. is probably the, the biggest surprise in camp. He led the team in scoring, and he's the third-line center now. He's only 21 years old, and you know he gives them another dimension. He's a 200-foot player, good defensively. His strength is probably his playmaking, and he'll be with Wheel and Wayne Simmons. And, you know, he, he has been very impressive not only in camp, but in the first two games of the season. I'm glad you said Misha's name, because I would definitely butcher that one. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, tell me how the defense is looking. You mentioned the defense. Is Ivan Provorov going to continue to get better? And how about the other young guys like Sanheim and Haig, and, of course, Gostisbehere, who's still just 25? Yeah, to me, I think, Chet, the big key to uh, not only the defense's success, but for the team's success, I think, uh, is with the development of some of these young guys. And specifically, uh, I wrote about this in the Inquirer on Sunday, I think, I think a big part of how well they do this year is, is going to be determined by the development of guys like Travis Sanheim and Robert Haig. These guys had yeah, up and down years last year. Haig was pretty steady for most of the year, was benched late in the season. Sanheim, the opposite happened. He, he started out poorly, got sent down to the Phantoms, and then came up uh, back to the Flyers and, and played well towards the end of the year. And they've looked good in the early part of this season. So, you know, you know what you're going to get from Provro, who I think is uh, an emerging star in this league. I think you're going to see him be an all-star in the not-too-distant future. You know what you're going to get from him. You know what you're going to get from Shane Gossespierre, who's one of the premier offensive defensemen in the league and, and also has improved greatly on defense. So I, I think some of the young guys uh, that I just mentioned, Sanheim will be a big key. Robert Haig will be a big key. Andrew McDonald uh, is a steady veteran, not flashy, but does a good job blocking shots and, and setting guys up and even contributes with a goal here and there. And the other guys, Racco Gudis, who had a disappointing year last year, and they're looking for him to bounce back. You know, he gives them some physicality. And we, we should mention, do not forget Sam Moran. He, he has a, uh, a knee injury, he had knee surgery in the offseason, but he will be ready probably sometime in February. And do not be surprised if he's part of the lineup then. And Phil Myers is another big defenseman who is going to get a look-see, whether it's this year or next year. Uh, but he'll be part of this team and a big part of this team uh, in the near future. All right, Sam, my favorite topic, the goaltending situation. Now, let me see if I got all this straight. Brian Elliott's a veteran. He's here. Calvin Pickard is on the roster now, too. Michael Neuvert was hurt already before the first regular season game. Alex Lyon got hurt last month, but both of those guys are close to returning. Anthony Stolarz got waived and came back and is with Lehigh Valley. So before we get to the other young guy who's with the Phantoms that we have to talk about, how's this goalie situation looking near term? You know, as long as Brian Elliott stays healthy, I think they're fine. 
Elliott is not a great goaltender, but I, to me, he's a good goaltender. He's solid. He was probably the Flyers' best player in the first two games of the season. His numbers don't look great, you know, 303 goals against, 898 save percentage. But, you know, he, he was left out to dry on many occasions, and, and he actually kept them in, in the game. They lost 5-2 to Colorado, but it's a little deceiving. It was 3-2 with about four minutes to go, and one of the goals was an empty net goal. And he, he's, he was the main reason they were even in the game, and he was uh, very solid in the 5-2 opening game win in Vegas. So, you know, there were some health questions with him. He's coming off a couple surgeries. Uh, he had abdominal surgery last February, also had hip surgery in the off season, and, and quite frankly, he did not look ready, I'd say, for the first three quarters of training camp. But he, he made a late push, played real well in the final preseason game in Boston, and uh, has carried the momentum into the season. He's, he's looked real good so far. If he can stay healthy, you know, I think they'll be fine back there. Calvin Pickard is a guy they just picked up off waivers from Toronto. He'll play. Uh, it's probably a 99.9% chance he'll play Wednesday in Ottawa. So they're the two guys they're going to rely on. Now when Neuberth comes back, it gets a little crowded. And do not be surprised if he gets traded. There have been a lot of goalies that have been injured around the league already. Uh, Roberto Luongo, for one, Matt Murray, for another. Uh, and a few others. So do not be surprised if they if they try to move uh, Michael Neuberth somewhere else, or, or even Anthony Stolarz could could be dealt as a as a backup to another team. So, you know, right now they basically have six guys for four positions between the Flyers and the Phantoms. So. Uh, I, I think one of the guys is probably going to get dealt in the very near future. And, of course, the guy we haven't mentioned, the other guy, Carter Hart. He won his pro debut last Friday night. Any chance we see Carter Hart in Philly this season or not? Well, I thought there was a good chance before they picked up uh, Calvin Pickard. For those that know, uh, Pickard was a regular with Colorado for three years, spent last year mostly with the Toronto Marlies, and, and the Marlies won the uh the Calder for uh, the AHL championship, and he had a terrific year with the Toronto Marlies. He also played one game with the Maple Leafs last year, but you know he, he's a solid backup. It gives him a veteran presence. Before they they picked up Pickard off waivers, I thought you would see Carter Hart here maybe in late or mid-December. Now I think the chances have been reduced greatly. I think they would like to see him get a full year of seasoning. But again, if there's an injury, then that opens the door. If there's an injury up with the big club and Carter Hart is, is playing terrifically in the AHL, then I think there's a chance you, you could see him. So I, I wouldn't say never, but I will say this. I, I think the odds are not as great that he'll be recalled because of, uh, of Pickard being here. You know, the most important thing right now is for is for Carter Hart to get some reps down in the AHL to play well and, and to, to show that he belongs up here in the NHL. But there's no question he'll be, I, I think he'll be their starting goalie next year. And uh, the only question is who will be his backup? Do they re-sign Brian Elliott or, or do they use you know, Pickard? Or you know, the other guy is Alex Lyon, who you mentioned, who could come back, uh, could be ready uh, by the end of this week. We'll, we'll see, but he could also be in the mix as, as maybe a backup. But I, I think Carter Hart will be the starting goalie next year. And there's a possibility, not a great one, but there's a possibility you'll see him with the Flyers sometime this year. All right, the Flyers made the playoffs last year, 98 points in the regular season. The postseason, of course, ended pretty quickly, courtesy of those hated Penguins. What should we expect this season, Sam? Well, before James Van Reems' like injury, I, I picked the Flyers actually finished second in the Metro Division. I, I think they're an up-and-coming team. I picked the Penguins first. I thought the Flyers would, would sneak past Washington. 
you know, I'll stick with the pick, but, you know, JVR's injury clouds things a little bit. I, I really thought this team was destined to get off to a real good start this year. I, I think if JVR comes back healthy, if Elliott is healthy, I, I think this team can make a, a, a decent run. I don't think they're a legitimate Stanley Cup contender, but I think they can win at least one round and maybe maybe two. We'll see how things go. But I like the fact that the Flyers have about $11 million in cap space. And that's a luxury Ron Hextall has not had in the past. So at the trade deadline, if the Flyers are, you know, in the mix, and I think they should be uh, in the playoff mix, and and there's a definite need out there for a guy who can maybe put them over the top, uh, a rental player, whether it's a forward, a a veteran defenseman, I think Hextall, you know, at least has the availability of of money with a cap space to make a move. So that's going to work in their favor, too. So. I think things are very positive with this team. As I said, the, the farm system is solid. They just need some of these young players to stack, take a step forward. I mentioned a couple of the guys on defense, but also on offense, guys like Nolan Patrick have to take a step forward. Travis Konechny took a step last year, has to take another step. So if all that comes to fruition, I, I think this Flyers team you know, will be uh, a dangerous team come playoff time. Final question, Sam, the uh, guy in the Flyers organization who's got the most attention the last couple of weeks, not a player, but Gritty. What's your take on Gritty? (laughs) My take is that I am stunned that he has become a national phenomenon, to to be honest with you. There is so much talk about him. The Inquirer, we actually have sent a a, a reporter here to just report on Gritty today. It's just amazing. I mean, you see he's been on all the, you know, from Conan O'Brien to uh, Stephen Colbert, and you go on and on all the late night shows, and give the Flyers credit. Uh, it just everything worked out perfectly for them, and he's he's become a, a media darling. The players have embraced him too. I know at first they were they were kind of like taken aback and saying he's not my mascot. I, I, no, because he he did look kind of scary at first, and he he still does to me. Uh, I'll be honest, he looks kind of scary, and you think that hey, I don't know if I want my kids near this guy, but I, I guess the best definition for him is he's scary, lovable at the same time. Yeah, you can read all about Gritty's uh, debut in the Inquirer in uh, Wednesday's paper. Indeed, read this guy on Philly dot com and follow him on Twitter at Broad Street Bull. Sam Carcitti, always great to talk with you. Same here, Chet. Have a good night. Hey, Chet, good stuff. Uh, sounds like um, Sam's pretty high on this Flyers bunch. Yeah, and you know what, Bill? It just reminded me that you and I have to make our official prediction. Uh, we did not do that as yet. So what do you think? Flyers this year. Uh, oh, gee whiz. What did they end up with last year? 98, 98 points last year, and they were one of the wild card points. teams. Um, I will go for my heart, my heart and my brain. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go 102. I'm not seeing that much improvement. I'm going to go 102, Mm -hmm. but they make the playoffs. Do they win a series? Yes. Wow, then because you and I are going to because they're not going to face the Penguins in the first round. You and I are almost identical because I have written down for myself 100 points, which is two better than last year, and one series win. So we're pretty close. We both think 100 or 102 and a series win. I'll take that. Yeah, uh, there you go. And and you know, uh, I I think it won't take many more performances by this team and and by Brian Elliott, although it certainly was not all on him. Uh, you may see Carter Hart or somebody else a whole lot sooner than people think. Yep, and plus the Flyers goalies always seem to get injured, so uh, I think we're going to see Hart by January. 
just a hunch. Hey, Jet, one other thing, uh, and I didn't get a chance to read this. I just buzzed by the headline, but the Gritty, your man Gritty, uh, true that he was designed by David Raymond. I know there was some connection. I didn't know if he actually designed it, but I know he was involved in some way. I didn't read the whole story, so uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I think David Raymond is the guy. Um, we'll, we'll have to do a little more homework on that. Just didn't have time to do it, but I think uh, I think David Raymond is the creator. And for those of you that don't know who David Raymond is, he is the original friend of the Philly Fanatic. Yes, indeed. Hey, let me tell you about the uh, Irish Rover, Bill, while we have a moment. Uh, the really? Rover, as you know, had their big Oktoberfest event while I was away, and now the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorn, Bucks County, has plenty on the schedule for this month. In addition to the usual fare, like great dinner specials and a fantastic beer menu, always 24 beers on tap, coming up later this month, a paint and sip night, Tuesday the 16th. Live bands now every Saturday night, including the Irish Rovers, Halloween Bash on Saturday the 27th. We'll talk more about that next week. And the Rover will be open early on Sunday the 28th, 9 a.m. That's so you can be there to watch the Eagles and Jaguars live from London, Sunday the 28th. All of that and more at the Irish Rover Station House on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorn and on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com. <laughs> hey, Chad, if you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you. All-state insurance in Westchester, PA. You know it, Bill. It is true. One of the best benefits of having an all-state insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoy, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs. Someone you can tell when you call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what's most important to you and your family. Click on the Allstate banner on our Philly Press Box Radio website or just call Dave directly at 610-430-0700. Again, it is Dave Lavoy at Allstate Insurance in Westchester, 610-430-0700. And speaking of music, Bill... There it is, fantasy football time with our resident expert, Fred Hugo. Fred, welcome back. What's up, guys? Hey, Fred. Fred, hey, real quick before we get into uh, fantasy football, tell us what you think about them birds on Sunday. My gosh, man, it's uh, it's not that I don't think it's as as, as bad as everyone's making it out to be. I, I think it's to clean up the penalties and the turnovers. Um, balance the offense a little bit. I think a little bit more of a commitment to the run in the beginning will help settle things down. Um, it's a passing league. Me and you went back and forth on that a little bit, Bill. I, I understand it's a passing league. You definitely need to throw to win. But I think these, these defenses are kind of just peeing off right now. But um, it, it's they're struggling. I expected them to struggle in the beginning. I, I thought I'd have them. I had them at five and three. So. I didn't think it would look this bad as far as, like, sloppiness, but it's Wentz's, what, third game back there. This will be his fourth. I'm, I'm still confident in, in the season. Right. You got it. Well, hey, Fred, tell us about uh, fantasy football this week. What do you got going on? Fantasy this week. Well, I got a couple. If anyone's um, – the trade season's coming up, so look look to see if there's backup running backs or starting running backs that – 
aren't necessarily doing well on their team. Maybe like a, a Juwan Howard or a Shady McCoy type guy that you could possibly, or Lamar Miller even, you could possibly make a trade for and get them on the cheap right now because the owner is expecting them not to play the role they are in their current team. But in about two weeks, three weeks, will be the trade deadline, and you'll have them on your roster. You, you kind of be stashing them, but you may have a number one running back in a few weeks if you make that move on the cheap. But as far as this week goes, who I like, starting with the quarterbacks, I'm going to like uh, I like Matt Ryan against Tampa Bay. Um, I also like Tom Brady against the Chiefs. They're pretty obvious guys. But um, another person is Andy Dalton. The Steelers' pass defense isn't great. A.J. Green's a great receiver and um, possibly it's all said and done. So I like Andy Dalton against that Steelers' D. Moving over to the running back position, um, he's been pretty good all year, but I like the matchup even more against the Browns. I like Melvin Gordon. I also like Dalvin Cook or Latavius Murray, either one. If Dalvin Cook doesn't play against the Cardinals defense, they're ranked 32nd against running backs in fantasy, so that's a good matchup either way. Another guy that I've I really underestimated in the draft and have underestimated the whole year up until last week. I'm just, if there's a way I can get him, I would get him. But I love James White, especially in PPR leagues for the uh, Patriots. He just keeps going off week after week. He doesn't get many carries, but he's almost like having another receiver out of the backfield. Um, I love James White. And then also Chris Carson has a nice matchup in Seattle against the Raiders. At the receiver position, and I, I'm going to probably do this every week until they prove us different. Um, it, it worked last week. If you took the Vikings receivers, I'll take Odell Beckham or Sterling Shepard against the Eagles until that pass defense uh, proves they can stop the receivers. You just have to keep rolling against the Eagles. It's the, it's the good matchup right now. At All the receivers I like is A.J. Green against the Steelers and then Sammy Watkins against the Patriots. He's pretty quiet this year, but he's scoring points steadily. He's actually on pace for 80 catches, so uh, he's good in night games, too. He seems to break out during night games. So I like Sammy Watkins against the Patriots. And then a waiver wire pickup that might be out there for everyone. Taylor Gabriel of the Chicago Bears. He's had about – he's averaged eight targets in his past three games. He had a breakout game right before the bye. So he's kind of forgotten about since they just had the bye. I picked him up. He's a good guy you can stash on your bench and, and possibly benefit you going forward. At the tight end spot, I like Cameron Brait against the Falcons. You got Jameis Winston coming back. He Winston did tend to like Brait when he was um, the quarterback last year, and then also O.J. Howard's out, so Brait's a good matchup. I also like Austin Hooper of the Falcons against the Bucks and Jimmy Graham against the 49ers. Defensively, um, I like the Jaguars defense matched up against Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense. I also like the Bears' defense against the Dolphins. So far this year in, what, four games, the Bears have eight interceptions, three fumble recoveries, and two touchdowns. So they're scoring scoring almost like a, a receiver or a running back you would have in a league. And then at the kicker position, I like Matt Bryant against the Bucks, and then co- former Eagle Cody Parkey. So that's all I got for fantasy this week. But, all, right. all right. Sounds good. Hey, uh, let's do some predictions again. And Chet, what did you get caught up? What are our records at this point? I know we're not very good, and I was up on that Cowboys game, and then turned around and gave it back to you this week. 
Yeah, not very good sums it up, Bill. Kind of like how the Eagles have been playing. Anyway, uh, Bill, I have to let everybody know that you did pick the Cowboys to win two straight weeks now. It paid off for you in week four, but not in week five. As you mentioned, they lost in overtime to the Texans. So this past weekend, Fred and I were both three and one, while you, Bill, went two and two. That means for the season, Bill and Fred are once again tied for first place with a zesty 10-9 and nine record. Man, that's impressive. Not quite as pathetic, actually, as my record of 9-10. and 10. So I am one game behind you guys, and that is just sad in the case of all three of us. Yes, it is. Well, let's go get them this week. Uh, we added one in here that's probably the best game of the weekend. So uh, here we go, Fred. Uh, Carolina at Washington, skins are minus one. Jacksonville's at Dallas. The Jaguars are minus three. The tossing game, Kansas City at New England. The Patriots minus three and a half. And last, the Eagles visit the Giants on Thursday night football. Eagles minus three. All right, Fred, Carolina at Washington. Skins minus one. Who you like? I, I, I expected so much more out of the Panthers last week. I watched that game against the Giants. I don't even know how it was close or how they, they almost gave it away there at the end and they won. Um, the Panthers are favored. I, I don't like the skins either. It's it's a tough call. It's a minus one. I'm just going to take the Panthers. Um, it's, it'll be a close game. I'm going to go Panthers over the skins 23-20. I'm pretty sure we're going to have a few different picks this week, so maybe somebody can make a little uh, ground this week. Uh, as you said, that is a tough one, Fred. I'm basically just flipping a coin in my head. I wrote down skins. I will stick with that. Skins to beat Carolina. And I am going to go with Carolina. Uh, I'm not sure Washington is as real as they might want to think they are. I'm going Carolina. Jacksonville at Dallas. Jaguars minus three. Blake Bortles is awful. I, last week I couldn't believe how awful he was. I picked him up. Uh, he's one of my fantasy picks. And then Dak is is not good either. I think this is going to be an ugly game defensively. Both teams have good defenses. I think the Jaguars are just a better team. They'll pull this one out. I'm going to go Jaguars 17-9. to nine. I'm not picking the Cowboys unless I absolutely have to this year. I just can't do it. I'm just not a fan, as you know. Uh, so just because they're the better team and because of my disdain for the Cowboys, I'm taking Jacksonville. Well, and I'm taking Jacksonville, too. And I'll tell you what, this uh, a loss – by the Cowboys is going to start putting some real, real pressure on Jason Garrett. And the NFC East does not want Jason Garrett fired. He's, he's perfect right where he is. <laughs> I agree. Okay. Kansas City at New England. Patriots minus three and a half. I think this is going to be an exciting game. Both defenses aren't great. Casey has, has a borderline of bad defense. Um, the Patriots are kind of middle of the pack. I think this is going to be one of them back and forth games. Last team, the team with the ball last wins, and I'm I'm definitely not going against Brady at home. I'm going to take the Patriots in this one, 35-30. I'm looking forward to this one. I'll be I'll be watching this one, and I'm just not going to go against Andy Reid and that uh, Pat Mahomes right now. Even without throwing a TD pass, TD pass last weekend, the offense put up a lot of points. Kansas City playing very well. I'm going to take them to beat New England. Yeah, I'm I'm not big on uh, going against Brady at home, but Kansas City's playing good ball. And as Chet, you just said, with Patrick Mahomes, I'm going Kansas City on the road to beat New England. Yep. Which gets us to the Eagles-Giants visiting the G-Man. Eagles minus three. What do you like, Fred? What a rut. 
what a tie. What, the Giants are the perfect team for the Eagles to, to face right now in a rut because they, they really aren't doing much at all. Their offense looked like a team to pick up last week. Um, I think the, the Giants will move the ball, but the Eagles defense is going to hold in the red zone. I like – and then I, I think there's going to be major adjustments on offense. And Wentz, if you didn't notice him last week, he was pissed off on the sidelines. I, I never really seen him like that. Like, and then they were talking about that, how mad he was. I think that offense gets in gear, and I'm going to take the Eagles to win this one pretty handily. I'm going to say 24 to 10 Eagles. All right. It is a must-win game for the Birds, in my opinion. And given the Giants' internal dysfunction and the Eagles' injuries and general struggles, I fully expect it to be a tight, not overly pretty contest. Uh, the weather could be a factor, too. It's supposed to be a little wet tomorrow, maybe even a thunderstorm at night, but often on rain. I also see the Eagles winning it, hopefully with no miracle required up there at the Meadowlands. I'm going to say Eagles 24, Giants 20. I am going to go Eagles. I think they're going to get some things straightened out. Uh, need to watch that Odell Beckham. I'm a little worried about that deep ball. Uh, <laughs> we haven't done very well with that. But I'm going Eagles 27-14. I like your chances against the, the Giants. All, all right, right, Fred. Hey, I, I picked all four road games. That's surprising. But, hey, uh, Fred, we appreciate you coming by, and we'll talk about this again next week. It's a pleasure. Have a good one. Go Birds. Thanks, Fred. Hey, Chet, as you know, um, the Eagles lost two in a row. They haven't looked very good doing it. They remain banged up. Again, Darren Sproles announced out again today. Um, As we said, they're on a short week facing the Giants. What what do you make of things at this point? Oh, man. Um, Let's be honest. Even with the numerous injuries, the Eagles have underachieved. Too many dumb penalties, the false starts, the offsides, some poor tackling, which was not the case last season. The defense struggling to get off the field on third down, and particularly in Tennessee on fourth down, as we know. Some questionable calls by the head coach. And other than Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz, just nobody really standing out so far. So they're two and three on merit. That's what I'll say. Well, I'll tell you what, there's something that's really bugging me in this whole thing. You know, this offensive line, which is near and dear to my heart, um, you know, it appears that they're struggling. But we've, we've, we've taken Somalo and put him back in there, took Wesnewski out. I'm not a big Somalo guy. They keep giving him a job. He reminds me of that Dominic Brown and Aaron Altair. Keep giving them jobs that they can't do. That's where Somalo is in my mind. But I think one thing that I really see – um, that their mission is that Brent Selleck type of person. You know, they can't do, they can't max protect because they don't have a tight end that can block and they don't have running backs that can block at this particular time with all the injuries. So what are they doing? They're sending more guys. You're able to block communication breaks down. And then Wentz is in a jam, he's getting hit too much. He's having to throw the ball quickly. And in turn, the offense is very mediocre. Uh, I, I, they've got to they got to fix that. They do, and you know what? We're going to talk to a former Eagle to maybe help fix it. Because joining us right now, former Eagle wide receiver, one of my all-time favorites, Fred Barnett. Hey, Fred. Hey guys, I wish I could help him fix. <laughs> <laughs> There's an opening at wide receiver, Fred. <laughs> I tell you what, it, there, there's going to continue to be one. I'm I'm uh, I'm a little over the hill. <laughs> for sure. 
How you guys All right. doing? We're doing great. Doing great. Uh, Fred, thanks for, thanks for coming on with us. And by the way, you still have a lot of fans, and they can come out and say hello to you Thursday night in Horsham. We're going to tell everyone about that in just yeah. a few minutes. But first, let's talk about what's going on with these Eagles. You're watching them. You see them every week. I know they've had injuries, but why does this group look almost nothing like the team that won the Super Bowl eight months ago? Well, you know, I think there's a lot of different factors. Of course, uh, as you guys mentioned, I was on for a bit and kind of heard what you guys were talking about. You know, there's a lot of penalties here and there and uh, a lot of missed blocks. uh, And Wentz uh, seems to uh, get hurt a lot. Uh, The defense is, you know, not quite there where they should be. You know, there's a tons of injuries, which is, you know, of of course, all a part of the game. But I think one thing is for certain that, uh, you know, I, talk, I was talking to someone earlier about about uh, the Eagles and where they could possibly go and, you know, what this season could possibly look like. You know, one thing is for certain is that you're going to get your best or you're going to get the best from the worst. You know, the one thing that, that you have to consider is that they're Super Bowl champs and, and everybody's going to come at their heads. And uh, you're going you're gonna to get the best game from the worst teams. Teams that you match up well against, you're going to get the best game just to – just for them to say, you know, they played the Eagles tough. I mean, when I look at that Tennessee game, I think Tennessee took it, you know, upon themselves to, to try to knock off the uh, the Super Bowl champs. Uh, when I look at the last game, you know, some turnovers here and there, turnovers when, when you know, uh, basically could have, I think, put 14 points on the board and possibly won the game. So there's a lot of different factors that, that play a part. You know, I think it's important for guys to kind of look at themselves in the mirror and know, you know, know exactly, you know, find an identity of, of who they are. And that is they are the Super Bowl champs. But at the same time, too, I, I think they have the talent to, to first first and foremost be in the playoffs this year, even even though the season isn't going that great. Because I, I think they just they're, – they're a talented team. But I think they really have to kind of refocus and just get back on track and doing the basic things over and over. Hey, Fred, as a wide receiver in this league and, and preparing for games week in and week out, do you watch the film? And, and you, I know you've heard all the talk about Jalen Mills at this point and uh, people yeah. targeting him. Do you, do you uh, actually – I mean, you look at him, I'm sure, as the receiver and said, I can beat this guy. But do you actually set schemes up um, to get that guy in those one-on-one situations? It looked like, especially in the Tampa game, to me – that they, whenever Tampa needed a, a big play, they got a formation with Deshaun Jackson in a one-on-one situation with Mills, and Mills couldn't handle him, and they just kept moving yeah. the chains, and, and not a thing Mills could do about it. Well, for sure. I mean, I mean, if if you're any kind of offensive uh, offensive coordinator, and you feel that there's a guy who's not sure of himself, or a guy, you know, composite that you see as a weakness on the defense, you're definitely going to go after him. And, you know, I think, you know, in my opinion, you know, I think a lot of people, of course, writing him off and wanting to be on the bench. But I think one thing that Mills needs to do is really just, just refocus and go back to basics. And that is not, not, not try to make a big play and not, not just kind of keep everything in front of him. You know, I, I, I was talking to one of my buddies today, and I said, I, said I, gave, I gave actually a baseball analogy. I said, you know, it, it, it seems like if he was a baseball player, he would at this point would have struck out five times. And his next at-bat, he's just trying to hit it out of the park. No, just swing. 
just keep it all in front of you, go back to basics, and just play football. And I think, well, I, I actually saw, saw the last game where uh, the wide receiver ran a, ran a, like a stop and go. Well, he, if, if he runs that stop and he picks it off, you know, that's his home run and getting back on track. But, you know, he, he, if, if he steps back and he keeps it in front of him, the wide receiver doesn't have a home run. So I think what, what he needs to do is just not try to get it all back at once and just go back to basics. And even, even from a standpoint from, of, of, of the defense and all the players, it's, it's, it's really important to win that, that when you're off track and you, but you know you have the talent to win games, it's, it's time to get back to basics and just keep everything in front of you and just, it just focus on grading out, focus on grading out well. Fred, lots of injuries, of course, especially in terms of the running backs. Uh, Darren Sproles yeah. hasn't played since the opener. Corey Clement's been banged up the whole year. He's hoping to play this Thursday night, fortunately. Uh, we lost Ajayi for the season. Given all that, do you think the Eagles should pursue a Shady McCoy or Le'Veon Bell? Well, it, it, it depends. It depends. And, and I, had, I had this conversation again earlier, earlier this week. You know, I think what's important is to really know the reason why they're not being uh, as successful at running back. Of course, of course, we've we got some guys who are out, but at the same time too, we see, we see some guys missing some blocks here and there. And sometimes when you not successful on in one part of the offense, you're not successful in the other parts and it becomes a downward spiral. But to answer your question, I, I would have to be in those meetings to know exactly, you know, what, you know, what can determine if we bring somebody in or not. If we go out and get a Le'Veon Bell or go out and, you know, trade for a Shady or what have you. Of course, who who wouldn't love to have Shady? I think it would be great for him to have him back here. But, you know, I guess the biggest question is what would it cost you? And, of course, we know Le'Veon Bell, you would only have him for a year, To I think, to my understanding. So it's just there's a, there's a lot of you know uh, moves that can be made, but you know the biggest question is what's it going to cost the organization? How are you going to benefit down the road? And most importantly, can you sustain at this point with what you have? With you know guys, of course they're not going to be injured all year. They're not on IR. So you know, can we at this point, you know, play well enough to get into the playoffs? And then we have everybody have everybody back on track, we have everybody healthy, and then we come out with a bang. Yes, sir. Hey, Fred, uh, were you surprised that, uh, I guess let me put it this way, I was surprised, in just week five in this Viking games, a lot of frustration being shown. We we talked about that a minute. Uh, Maybe you were listening with Carson Wentz showing some frustration. Of course, the defense was showing a lot of frustration, uh, didn't see any of that last year, at least visually on the field, but this year already in week five, and we're seeing a little bit of the glue coming loose, I think. Uh, well, I'm not surprised because, of course, we know what the frustration is about. You know, nobody's, nobody's making plays. And uh, it, it, I said earlier, the thing is, is that, I mean, a team that doesn't have the talent and don't expect to go anywhere – they're not frustrated. They're just glad to be on the field. They're just glad to score score points. But this team is expecting to go somewhere. This team believes in themselves, and so you're going to see that frustration. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, every everybody that they play this year is just going to be after their heads. 
and I think it's very important that that you know the mistakes have to have to be you know done away with for sure. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, in terms of grading out each each player, in my opinion, has to look at himself on Monday after that Sunday game and say, okay, where what did I, what do I need to correct? I mean, there are times when the Eagles when I when I played, there were times that the we won the game, but I felt like I lost because I didn't grade out uh, as high as I wanted to grade out. I didn't grade out as high as you know. I didn't I didn't beat this guy in front of me. So it, I, I think you know it's 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 really about each individual taking it upon upon themselves to go out and do exactly what needs to be done, you know, and carry out their responsibilities because they have the talent. And as I mentioned, if they didn't have the talent, they wouldn't be frustrated, and we wouldn't be frustrated. But we know this team, they, they didn't lose much from last year, so it is kind of frustrating to see them go out and just, you know, let teams beat them, in my opinion, uh, because they have the talent really to go out and, 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 and beat them. They, they had the talent, in my opinion, to, to, to beat Tampa Bay. They had the talent to win last, last week. So, you know, the frustration is going to set there, but thank God that it's early. Uh, you know, as we mentioned, there, there are a few injuries here and there. But, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, they'll get back on track and, and, and get in the playoffs. And, and from that point, you know, see what happens. Yes, indeed. Hey, uh, shifting gears a little bit, Fred, uh, a little less than two weeks ago we lost one of your Birds teammates, Wes Hopkins. Any fond memories of Wes that you can share with us? Oh, gosh, Wes. I tell you what, when I first got here, I was I was afraid of Wes because Wes wasn't saying anything. <laughs> he never said anything to anybody. But what what a dynamic player. Uh, what a very physical player! I mean, this, this is the type of guy you probably wouldn't wouldn't able to be wouldn't be able to play uh, in this league today because you know because of how physical he is and and how he hits. You know, it's so unfortunate. I heard that he had had some complications a few years ago, and uh, you know, at 57 years old, it's just it's just too early to leave. You know, this earth and and uh, you know, my condolences go out to his family and even you know guys who he was very very close with. You know, the Seth Jones, the Clyde Simmons, who I know are probably just devastated to hear this this news. But uh, you know, it was kind of shocking, um, and um, you know, it, it, it's it's very unfortunate. But what what a dynamic player he was. He was a, a great guy as well. As I as I got more comfortable in speaking to him, he <laughs> he, he's a, he was he was a great guy. Hey Fred, back back on the the football for just a minute. Sure. Uh, Drew Brees broke the all time uh, passing yards record just the other night. Did you ever fathom that somebody in this the league would change so much that somebody would throw for over seventy thousand yards? No, I, it's, you know what I, I no. I, I guess to, to answer that question. Uh, you know, it just shows how you know where the league is going and how exciting it is. It was exciting just to even watch it, and even more exciting for him to have a touchdown. You know, a long touchdown on 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 that record. Uh, you know, it, it, that's that's the one thing about football, and that I think the NFL has done a great job in just kind of kind of uh, uh, highlighting, you know, uh, putting putting the players in position to to make certain plays like that, and and to have these careers that are that are breaking records. I think. I think, you know, I, when I look at the kid down in Kansas City, who knows? I mean, this this record may be broken, you know, huh. in in ten fifteen in ten fifteen years the way he's going. So it's 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 as a player who 
you know, of course, once played the game and played the game at a high level, it's great to see guys go out and have the success that they've had, that they have, and, uh, you know, be as successful in a, in a very competitive league. I mean, the NFL is very competitive. I mean, it's, it's, you're not playing against scrubs. So, you know, to go out and, and play at that level, you know, to be, you know, to be in, to a degree named the Hall of Fame before you even leave, you know, before you retire. It's uh, it, it has to be a great honor for him, and it's you know it's great to see. Yeah, great quarterback for sure. Uh, Fred, we're out of time already. Unbelievably, that always happens that way. But before we let you go, I want to mention that I'm going to be seeing you tomorrow night because our pal Steve Switkowitz has you making an appearance at the Brick and Barrel Tap House on Welsh Road in Horsham, which is, by the way, a new yeah. bar and restaurant. If you, have, if you haven't been there, you'll be signing autographs. They are free, by the way, and talking with fans starting at 7:45 p.m. ahead of the Eagles Giants game. Uh, do you like doing these sort of things, Fred? Talking with fans, meeting and greets like this. I actually love it. I actually love it. And, uh, you know, some guys don't quite like it, but I, I actually – I've always been the type of, I guess, player with a personality who just kind of be, you know, be in there with the fans. I've I've, uh, I've lived in the city uh, since I played. I've lived right downtown in the city, and I see people every day, and they sometimes look at me and they're like, you know, yeah. am I looking at, at, at Fred Barton? I'm like, yeah, I'm just, you know, just going to give me a coffee. So, you know, it, it's <laughs> – I love to be. I love to be with the fans, and and you know I'm just one of those guys who who just like anybody else. I just happened to you know play pro football at one point in my life. Hmm. Well, it's going to be good. fun, and I will see you there, man. Okay, great, man. Look forward to seeing you. Thanks for having me on. All right, Fred. Thanks for joining us. It's uh, going to be a fun season in the NFC. Go Birds! I know. Go Birds! Take care, Fred. All right. Thanks, Fred. See you. Chad, as always, you've lined up great guests uh, like you always do, Sam Carcetti and Fred Barnett tonight. And uh, so I am excited to know who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week. You never tell me in advance. Nope. Well, next week we will, of course, be talking Eagles again. We seem to do that every week in the fall, of course. But with the 76ers tipping off their regular season on Tuesday, we're going to talk hoops, too. So joining us next week to talk Eagles will be Paul Domowich from Philly.com, football writer from uh, the Philly Papers and Philly.com. And then we will have someone on to talk about hoops, but that has not been finalized just yet, so I'm not going to say exactly who, but Paul Domowich and a mystery basketball person. All right. And I'll tell you what, I thought that was going to be a thing, we, some of the crap we missed. I, uh, I had that on my list. I didn't think you would squeeze the Sixers opener in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All Tuesday right. night they start. All right. Hey, Chet, let's give a shout-out to the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance on winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. This week they had a Bobby Clark jersey along with an LCB line signed jersey, Brian Dawkins Hall of Fame helmet, and LeGarrette Blunt inscribed Blunt Force Trauma helmet. All cool stuff. All items called was come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1 in 21. Pretty good odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC118 Razroom. That's right. It's PPCC118 Razroom on Facebook. Yes, indeed. And, and Chad, hey, we've depleted our change back to Blog Talk Radio 
Uh, we're planning to hold this 7.30 Wednesday spot for now for our live listeners. But for those listeners that can't listen live and want to listen to our podcast, how can they do it? I know you've been working on that. Yeah, it is a little tricky still because we haven't been able to get the show back on our website just yet. So a little technological glitch preventing that. But we will get that resolved very soon, I'm confident. However, you can listen via the Blog Talk radio link that we post every week on both Facebook and Twitter. And we are available on iTunes, but with a catch. Now, if you're a longtime listener who uses iTunes, you should still be automatically getting the show from our previous time with Blog Talk. So they should be showing up for you. Uh, if you're a newer listener, go to iTunes, then the iTunes Store box, and search, and this is important, Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, not just Philly Press Box Radio. If you just type in Philly Press Box Radio, it's going to take you first to our time at Wildfire, but if you type in Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, all four words, then you will get uh, hooked up with us again on our you know, new and former format, Blog Talk Radio. You got all that? So then you subscribe to that one, Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, and you'll automatically get the show every week via iTunes. We are also already on Stitcher. I know some people use Stitcher. I don't, but some people do. So we are on Stitcher. We are not yet back on TuneIn. They're still trying to figure out uh, how to make that happen. I've been in contact with them. We are working on it. Meantime, find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, find us on iTunes or Stitcher. Hopefully you got all that. There will be a quiz later. Uh, who knew? <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, hey, let's let we want to let our new listeners and remind our loyal listeners to visit our Philly Press Box Radio website, phillypressboxradio.com. Cover all the big stories of the Philly sports teams. We also write a few articles ourselves, and you can listen to our last two podcasts and our latest Vimeo as well. Well, not we yet. Still have our, <laughs> well, we've got Steve Jones still on there. We still yep. have our sponsor banners going across the top. Click on the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, and Dave Voice All State and Shorts of Westchester Banners to go directly to their website. Remember, it's PhillyPressBoxRadio.com. Chet, parting shot for you tonight. Well, you know, I don't have a true parting shot, but I'm going to once again use my parting shot time to cover some crap we didn't get to. Among the stuff we didn't have time for, the Yankees are out of the playoffs already. Second best record in the American League, but they were no match for the best in the league, Red Sox. That Bo Sox Astros ALCS should be a good one. A big UFC title fight last Saturday. Conor McGregor losing by submission to Khabib Nurmagomedov, and then some crazy brawling right afterward. Now, I'm not a UFC watcher regularly, but I did check that out on YouTube, saw the end of the fight and the craziness afterward that was pretty wild um let's see not sports related but the movie a star is born with bradley cooper and lady gaga opened last weekend and it is great they were both amazing go see it and five weeks into the nfl season there's not one winless team in the league but there is at least one zero and five college team that i'm aware of it's ucla and the bruins are coached by chip kelly keep up the great work chip <laughs> <laughs> some of the hey, stuff I've we got missed. some more crap we missed, Chad, and I'll tell you what, I'm irritated about this one. How about that stinking rough in the passer call? The referee stink. That rule's got to change. That's no good. Can't have it. Costing people ball games, costing people jobs. No good. With that, is there more? Let's go to let's go to baseball. Angel Hernandez had three of his five calls overturned by review 
by the fourth inning of the ALDS game. How does he get a postseason job when he can't get it right? Next up, Lenny Dystra. Remember him, Chet, indicted today on cocaine-meth-possessions and making terroristic threats. Good job, Lenny. See you in a slammer. Mm-hmm. By the way, Chet, just for information, I'm on a baseball roll. Three-time American League Manager of the Year, Buck Show- Showalter, is still unemployed. Just a note. Mm. And Red Sox Brock Holt became the first player ever. That's ever to hit for a cycle in the postseason. How's I was that? shocked. I was shocked How's to that? see that. Yep, there's a ever's a long time. I can't believe that never happened, but it's true. That's true. Anything else that uh, maybe you spurred your thought, like? Uh, the well, you mentioned Michael, you mentioned the rough the, the pass, roughing the passer thing. Penalty? I was going to I was going to ask Fred Barnett about that, but we didn't have time. I was going to squeeze that in, saying you know I know the NFL is concerned about injuries, especially head injuries, but I do think they've taken it too far in terms of the steps they've taken to protect quarterbacks. All the ticky tack roughing the passer penalties and all that stuff that is crazy. We didn't get to uh, talk to Fred about it, but yeah, I agree that is nuts. And uh, Drew Brees that you did mention. Um, he surpassed Peyton Manning, as we said, to become the NFL's all-time leader in passing yards. We know Breeze is a Hall of Famer, but I sometimes think he doesn't get the respect he deserves as an all-time great. He's kind of thought, you know, of below some of the other guys, the Bradys and the Peyton Mannings and all the, the legends. But Drew Breeze is indeed a legend and, of course, a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and a Super Bowl champion and a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, he's got all the credentials. He's got everything it takes to uh... – Certainly take the first ride into Canton when the time comes. But hey, and by all accounts, Michael Bennett, a terrific Michael guy, Bennett too. Thing. Terrific guy. Yes. Oh, yeah. Back on the Michael Bennett thing, I, I think the thing that's the most confusing about that is what is the rule? You know, you, you're the quarterback is throwing the ball, whether it's Carson Wentz or anybody else, and he's getting blasted. But then when the quarterback has the ball and you take him down, uh, and you, you roll him over, that's a penalty. I think the inconsistency in the rule is really what the killer is, and they've got it. They've got to fix it. they got to do something. Yeah, I could not believe that that was called. I said, what the hell? Where's the penalty? And, I mean, they tried right. to explain it, but it didn't work for me. So, yeah, that was ridiculous. All right. So, with that, Chet, we've reached the end of the hour, so let's thank our special guests, Sam Carcitti, Fred Barnett, Fred Hugo, our sponsors, Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Razroom and David Boy of Allstate Insurance of Westchester for their continued support of this show. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoy the show and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, October 17th at 7.30 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com slash Radio. You can also find, us, find our podcast on iTunes and tune in and Stitcher. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, go birds. Uh-huh.